But in this series of Inspiring Saints, I want you to remember that we are saints. The two saints we've heard about so far are Luther, who realised that a right relationship with God didn't come from his own efforts, but was a gift of faith through what Jesus has already done. And then John and Mary Green, we heard about last week, shared a passion for Jesus and a love for people, which was expressed in their understanding of Aboriginal people in the area of Corrindirk in Victoria. And a verse that David shared with us that summed up their way of life is, I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings. And that's actually a verse that could apply to all of the saints that we have, are hearing about in this series. I first heard about Jackie Pullinger about 10 years ago as part of the mission work uh, carried out among the poor by Urban Neighbours of Hope. They began the Surrender Conference in 2004, which those conferences still continue, although they're no longer organised by UNO. And the aim was to raise up workers who would devote their lives to serving God among people in poverty. At each annual conference at Belgrave Heights, there is a keynote speaker who is well known for their radical work among the poor. And the first speaker that they had in 2004 was Tony Campolo. And then in 2007, they invited Jackie Pullinger to be the guest speaker, and that's where I first met her. Jackie is the inspiring saint we will focus on today. And it's interesting that the theme of the Surrender Conference in March next year at Belgrave Heights is Saints and Citizens. That's better than Saints and Sinners, isn't it? Saints and Citizens. Jackie Pullinger has worked among the poor in Hong Kong for the past 51 years, ministering to drug addicts, prostitutes, refugees and others in poverty. Like Mother Teresa, her mission was to the poorest of the poor in a walled, drug-infested area of Hong Kong. To give up everything you have, to go and show Jesus' love to criminals, prostitutes and drug addicts, for the rest of your life, this is what Jackie did. Now, her story seems so far removed from my situation and yours, maybe. But I ask you to suspend your thoughts that this story is not for us, because that might not be what we're called to do, and listen to how God might be inspiring you to serve him through this story. There are lessons to be learned about the miraculous power of God, about prayer, about the spirit-filled life, about living sacrificially, about following Jesus with all that you have and all that you are. How did Jackie end up in Hong Kong? As a young girl at Sunday school in England, she decided she wanted to become a missionary. But as she grew up, it kind of faded into the background and she became a music student at the Royal College of Music in London. Then one night she had a dream. I saw a vision of a woman holding her arms out. She looked desperate for something. Then words moved past like a subtitle on a screen. What can you give us? 
After a series of vivid experiences, Jackie decided she would go to Hong Kong. The trouble was no one else agreed with her. She applied to missionary groups, to church organisations, even the Hong Kong government, but the answer was no. You're too young, you're too inexperienced, you have the wrong qualifications. She was about to give up when the vicar of her church told her to go to Hong Kong anyway. So in 1966, at the age of 22, Jackie Pullinger gathered up all her money and bought a one-way ticket to Hong Kong. In Hong Kong, she taught at a primary school in what, is no, or what was known as the Walled City, an area of Kowloon where the police had no control. It was a dangerous opium-producing area. Open sewers ran beneath temporary buildings, stacked on top of each other so that no light could reach the narrow streets below. It was called the City of Darkness. It was a place of extreme poverty, full of drug addicts, criminal gangs known as the triads and prostitution. Jackie said this about her arrival in the walled city. Behind these tawdry shops rose the ramshackle skyscrapers. We squeezed through a narrow gap between the shops and started walking down a slime-covered passageway. I will never forget the smell and the darkness, a fetid smell of rotten foodstuffs, excrement, offal, and rubbish. The narrow alleys filled with opium and gambling dens were always dark. Tens of thousands of inhabitants crammed into this area where they lived, survived in slave-like workshops, drug dealing and prostitution. Jackie said the alleys were filled with people shooting up opium or heroin which is called Chasing the Dragon. And that's actually the title of her biography, Chasing the Dragon, One Woman's Struggle Against the Darkness of Hong Kong's Drug Dens. She has written several books and that that one tells the story of her life. But she was determined to bring the gospel to the walled city's inhabitants. And she wrote in her book, I loved this dark place. I hated what was happening in it, but I wanted to be nowhere else. It was almost as if I could already see another city in its place, and that city was ablaze with light. It was my dream. There was no more crying, no more death or pain. I had no idea how to bring this about, but with visionary zeal, I imagined introducing the walled city people to the one who could change it all, Jesus. The one who could change it all, Jesus. People were sceptical of her. Missionaries, they had seen missionaries come with money and nice clothes. They preached and helped for a while and then went back home to the West. People couldn't believe that Jackie had no money and wasn't going to go away. 
she told people in the walled city about Jesus. And this met with opposition. Opposition from the triads who were criminal gangs that controlled the drug trade. And very strangely, opposition from the Hong Kong church who felt the triad members were beyond salvation. Clean up your act first and then come to our church. So that all that these gang people knew about Christians and the message of Jesus was that Christians looked down on them as worthless. So Jackie had a tough time talking about Jesus. And her efforts made little impact. She asked, if God has called me to be here, why aren't people responding? She realised what was wrong. She had been telling people about the love of God and and that he wanted to forgive them. But she had not been loving them in a practical way, in a way that they could see and understand. She needed to demonstrate Jesus rather than just talk about him. So the first thing she did was to start a youth club for young men whose only future lay with the triad gangs. Most of them were drug addicted. Eventually she gained their trust as they saw that she was there to stay and that she meant what she said, that she really cared for them. So she provided food and shelter, health care, she visited them in prison and she spoke up for victims. She's quite a courageous lady with her uh, weaknesses as well. Her breakthrough in sharing about the love of Jesus came after a Chinese Christian couple laid hands on her and prayed for her to be filled with the Spirit. And she said she spent three months soaking herself in scripture and prayer, which also included, for her, praying in tongues. Not long after this, people responded to her invitation to follow Jesus. One triad member who had made several attempts to come off drugs decided to trust Jesus. As she prayed for him, he was immediately delivered from his addiction and healed. This occurred frequently with long-term addicts, surrendering to Jesus and being set free from their addictions. Despite the addictive power of opium and heroin, the boys left their drug habit behind completely. They put this down to their commitment to follow Jesus. Addicts who prayed for Jesus' help were freed from their addictions without going through any kind of withdrawal. This is about the miraculous power of God. Jackie opened a home for those who needed somewhere to stay. After her youth club was destroyed one night by vandals, which even included some of the boys who were coming to her youth club, a triad boss sent guards to make sure it didn't happen again. So here's this boss of a triad gang sending guards to protect Jackie. 
This same gang boss later explained that he didn't want his gang members to be addicts. He was happy to sell to other people but didn't want the people in his own gang using them because they were more useful to him if they were drug-free. So he agreed to support Jackie as she helped to get his men off drugs. He thought this was a good deal. He didn't realise about Jackie's strength. Her response was uncompromising. She told him that she wouldn't help the boys escape their addictions if they were only going to return to their life of being gangsters and criminals. To be followers of Jesus, they had to leave the gangs altogether. So her ultimatum was choose the gang or choose Jesus. To her surprise, the gang boss still offered to guard her house and then surprisingly renounced all claim on those boys who became Christians. This was another miraculous work of God. It was unprecedented in Hong Kong gang culture where people were bound to the triad gangs for their whole life, similar to stories you hear about the mafia. Not all of the addicts, addicts, though, reformed immediately. So keep in mind that although this is a miraculous work of God, that not everyone was healed and not everyone had their lives transformed. Becoming a Christian didn't automatically heal your addictions or immediately transform you after a lifetime of crime. Some even returned to their former life. But many continued to follow Jesus. Jackie started the St. Stephen Society, which provided rehabilitation homes for recovering drug addicts, prostitutes and gang members. The Hong Kong government even recognised this work and donated land for rehabilitation homes. The society still continues in Hong Kong today and in Southeast Asia with a successful drug rehabilitation program rescuing hundreds of young people from the misery of life on the streets bound in their addictions. The Sha Tin Rehabilitation Centre houses about 200 people, some in the early stages of drug withdrawal and others who have lived there for a long time. They pray, they exercise daily, they swim, they play sport and they learn skills for work such as English and computing. Now, all of this took place in what was known as the Walled City. The Walled City was pulled down in the early 1990s and it was replaced with a beautiful park where there is a model replica of the old Walled City and there's also a, a plaque which acknowledges Jackie's work. She also received an MBE, an honour bestowed by Queen Elizabeth on her. Now, there are many other things I could tell you about Jackie's story, but in summary, they're the main themes of her life. You get the picture of this woman at the age of 22, determined to go to Hong Kong, and there following Jesus into a dark, dark place among the poorest of the poor, sharing his love. 
and seeing people come to faith in Jesus. So I said earlier that her story is maybe not like ours. What's well, not like ours? So what are the themes in Jackie's life that connect with us? What makes her an inspiring saint? And there are four. The first theme is live into your God-given dream. At a young age, Jackie had a dream of being a missionary. Then in the awful conditions of the walled city, she had a dream of another city in its place, a city of light. This is the capacity to see beyond the present situation and challenges and to have hope that things can be different. It's not fantasy, but hope in the power of God to transform lives and neighbourhoods. Remember Abraham? We had a whole series on him for a couple of years ago, I think. Abraham living by faith, and it says in Hebrews 11 verse 10, Abraham confidently looked forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. We're still to have that dream fulfilled. But that hope draws us into action to fulfill the dream. Do you have a God-given dream? Last Sunday, David shared a dream for Northern Community Church in creating two new roles, which he talked about earlier, and they're mentioned in the circle. A minister for children to young families and a minister for compassion and care. But these roles developed from a dream to see this church grow and reach people with a love of Jesus and a desire to sow positive influence into the community. That's what that dream is about. And we all share in that dream. I believe there is a dream inside all of us. During the week, Athel and I visited an exhibition of sand sculptures at Romsey, created by international sand sculptors. I didn't know about it. Friends told us about it, and I can really recommend you go. It's, it's, it's fantastic. It's on the theme, The Art of Music. I asked the sand sculptor who took us around and he had put this exhibition together where his interest in sand sculpting started. I was just fascinated to know what's going on in the mind of this this man that has brought people from around the world to create these incredible sculptures. His dream began on a beach in Rye, Mornington Peninsula, with his young son creating simple sandcastles. He discovered within within himself a creative talent for more complicated sand sculptures and he entered some competitions and he won and he benefited from some training from international sand sculptors and that was his dream, which is being fulfilled. Live into your God-given dream. The second theme that comes out of Jackie's story that connects with us is to demonstrate Jesus' love. Jackie learned that to speak about the love of Jesus had to be matched by loving actions if people were to believe. In the Bible passage that Amy read before, we hear about a story that took place after Jesus' resurrection when Jesus had a conversation with Peter by the Sea of Galilee. Peter was feeling pretty rotten after he had denied knowing Jesus during Jesus' trial. 
Three times Jesus questions Peter whether he loves him, corresponding with Peter's three denials of Jesus. Jesus led Peter into a deeper understanding of love, an opportunity for forgiveness and commissioning Peter into leadership of the followers of Jesus. All that is done practically in the name of Jesus, caring for the lost and lonely, healing the drug addicted, giving food to the hungry, must flow from a deep and living relationship with Jesus. Although we feed the hungry with food, Jesus is bread for the hungry in soul and he meets the deepest needs of the human heart. Jackie said that she imagined introducing introducing the walled city people to the one who could change it all, Jesus. And she also said the most important lesson of all is that the best strategy will not substitute for the heart of Jesus. So we need our plans, we need our strategic vision, we need all of that. That's part of helping a dream to be fulfilled. But it doesn't substitute for the heart of Jesus. That has to be the essence of all that we do through this church and through our lives. In our daily lives of work and friendship and family, Jesus is present, inviting us into a deeper relationship with him. And he asks each one of us, do you love me? Do you love me? Then he asks us to follow him and to demonstrate his love. The third theme is to fulfill your calling. We fulfill our calling as we depend on the Holy Spirit to empower us. After Jesus had restored Peter into renewed life, Peter asked Jesus what would happen to his fellow disciple, his friend John. Don't you love Peter? He's so human. Well, that's all right, Lord, you've told me what I'm going to do. What about him? Jesus Jesus was quite blunt. He virtually told him it was none of his business and reminded Peter again, follow me. That's your call, Peter. Follow me and feed my sheep. We all have different gifts and different ways of following Jesus. And we are not to compare ourselves with others or to compare gifts. There's not a hierarchy of gifts, nor are we to compare what we are called to do. When Jackie Pullinger was asked about being called by God for her work in Hong Kong, she said this. She reminds me a bit of, actually, Peter. This, this was her, her response. It's no more wonderful for God to send a woman than a man or an old man or a young woman. He picks who he wants. That's his business. It was God's wisdom that sent me. I was just doing what he made me for. That's no credit to me. It's all credit to him. If he's made you for something, you just do it. And that's a message I want us to hear today. If God has made you for something, you just do it. Keep following. Listen to Jesus' voice. Show kindness to those in need and persevere. Paul writes in Ephesians 2 verse 10, 
for we are God's masterpiece. Like I called you saints, you, each one of you, are a masterpiece because God's word tells us. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. He's got a plan for you. I don't care how old you are or how young you are, he has a plan for you. And he wants you to get on and do those good things that he planned for you long ago. This is how we fulfill our calling, whatever setting we are in. And the fourth and final theme is to commit sacrificially. There are two words that come to my mind when I think about Jackie Pullinger, commitment and sacrifice. I have seen commitment and sacrifice in the Klong Toy slum in Bangkok where urban missionaries have laid down their lives to be in solidarity with the poor. I have seen commitment and sacrifice in the lives of ordinary people here in Northern Community, going the extra mile to offer help to those in need, giving generously of their time and money for this church to be strong in compassion. Where does this commitment and sacrifice come from? Whether it's overseas in extreme conditions or here in everyday life. It comes from Jesus who said, here is how to measure love. The greatest love is shown when people lay down their lives for their friends. Laying down our life every day means living sacrificially, aligning our will with God. For the church, it means being prepared to give up our wants for the sake of the greater good, for the sake of that dream that we have. To see this church grow in influence, in outreach and people coming to know Jesus. That's what a church exists for, to help people come to know Jesus. All because Jesus came into our world to be one with us, to show us how much we are loved and how much he loves those who aren't part of the church. May Jackie's words inspire us to commit sacrificially. My heart was captured by Jesus, who privileged me to take God's love into one of the darkest places on earth and who met me in my darkest times. He walked with me in them and stunningly turned them into opportunities for his light and love to break through. The light shines in the darkness. Has your heart been captured by Jesus? Has your heart been captured by Jesus? Do you need to come back to that place again where for the first time your heart was captured by Jesus? You can do that today. Before we have our time of response where you think about what God has been saying to you through the story of this person, Jackie Pullinger. And as we've thought about the themes that connect with us, let us just close our eyes and hear Jesus asking you, do you love me? 
hear him use your name, do you love me? Hear him say, I want your heart, I want your life, I want to love others through you, follow me. So what are you going to do in response? In a moment you'll take your response cards and it's sometimes helpful to actually write down your response because it's like it cements it in your mind and heart. It's a serious time where we do business with God. How could our lives be different if we followed Jackie Pullinger's example? And what do you need to do about these aspects of following Jesus? Live into your God-given dream? Demonstrate Jesus' love? Fulfill your calling? Commit sacrificially. You have the opportunity to pray about your response and then to use the response card to write your prayer while the music plays. And then as we sing our last song, David will walk around and collect the response cards. Would you take your response card now, which you'll find in the circle?